The Comedy Zone Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. From the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Sammy Joe Francis. Hey guys, it's Brian. Uh, welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast. Here's the thing. So again, uh, this week, Will Jacobs... Uh, stuff gets in the way, you know, Sammy Joe Francis, stuff in the way, she's on assignment, Will Jacobs is working this weekend. Uh, so you're stuck with me again. That's perhaps the bad news. The good news is, though, Tammy Pescatelli uh, is going to join us here in uh, in just a moment. We had an opportunity to talk with uh, Tammy. She's She describes herself as the steel worker of comedy. She is just out there. She's working. She's grinding away. She is making stuff happen, and uh, she is uh, fantastic. We have long uh, been admirers of Tammy Pescatelli's work. It was nice to get her in studio. So you are going to hear that uh, interview in just a few moments here. Um, I do want to apologize for last week. Uh, We didn't have a show last week, and that's the first time in three years we haven't had a show. And personally, it breaks a long streak, like maybe even like a 10-year long streak for me of missing a show um usually if all of us have to miss a show uh i'm able to put up some sort of uh, like a best of show that has some old content in it maybe with a little bit of new uh, mixed in but at the very least there's there's a best of show and i wasn't able to do that last week and that is my one golden rule of podcasting if you've been following the show you know i've been doing this for a while i have one golden rule of podcasting and, that, and that's just to be there when you say you're going to be there and uh, we, we effed that up last week, and I apologize for that. But uh, the good news is, again, we're back with some new content with Tammy Pescatelli, so that's a good thing, right? I have to let you know that uh, there's some cool stuff coming up at the Comedy Zone. You can uh, find out all the dates and details at cltcomedyzone.com. Funny on the Fly is coming up this Sunday. Uh, and uh, some other great shows that I don't have in front of me right now, but cltcomedyzone.com. Great stuff coming over the weeks and months ahead at the Comedy Zone, so uh, you can get tickets at cltcomedyzone.com as well. I need to let you know about the Queen City Podcast Network, too. Real quickly, uh, queencitypodcastnetwork.com. We've we've assembled five of uh, Charlotte's best podcasts. You're listening to one of them, so, you know, it's a, it's a sliding scale. But... Uh, uh, you uh, you can find out everything you need about what's going on in Charlotte and uh, and around town. You can find out news and current events. The, the Yelp Charlotte podcast with my good friend Nikki Wolf. Uh, that's every other week about all kinds of cool entertainment, food and drink going on around Charlotte. Uh, Cheer Charlotte Radio about the beer scene. Uh, Creative Loafing's local vibes about local music. Just uh, some great shows. Looking at to add a couple shows as well over the summer. So the Queen City Podcast Network continues to grow. I need to let you know about the Charlotte Podcast. This week, John and Miller met with local artist Kent Youngstrom to learn more about his career and his projects and uh, what's happening in the art community in Charlotte. 
and also uh, some supportive words from a supportive guy. And Lord knows we could all use a little more support these days. It's uh, some tough sledding these days, so some positive words are certainly much needed. So uh, you can check out the Charlotte podcast with John and Miller and their guest uh, this week, Kent Youngstrom, uh, artist, local artist, Charlotte artist, Kent Youngstrom. You can learn more at Queen City Podcast Network. Com. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I want to thank you guys for supporting us, as always, for continuing to listen to the podcast. We appreciate it. You're the reason we do it, after all. And uh, now I want to uh, send you straight to my interview with uh, a great comedian we've been wanting to have her on for quite some time. So it was great to uh, finally get her in studio. Here's my time with Tammy Pescatelli. Tammy. Hello. How hey, are you? thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. It is so great to see you. Thank you, Brian. I, I'm enjoying this. I love that the comedy club has this wonderful room. A lot of comedy clubs don't even have green rooms right. for well, comics. This one, not only do we have a beautiful green room, we even have a podcast room. That's right. Well, we're sparing no expense, as you can tell by the bunker. That Hey, I'll <laughs> take it. Comparatively, I have no... Po- I tried to do a podcast. I did like one episode yeah. by myself because I don't live in a place where I see a lot of people... I, li- I live in a hole in a cave <laughs> underneath. I'm like Osama. Um, no, I live in Meadville, Pennsylvania. So my son has wow. like this normal life. And then I go get on a plane and go do my comedy stuff. But in uh, and, and my husband's very funny, but there's enough uh, podcasts with, you know, my friend Bonnie McFarlane and right, her right. husband, Rich Voss. And then there's Tom and, and Christina. So I didn't know what to do with a podcast. So I just talked to myself one day and I'm like, I don't think, you know, I'm not even interested in listening to myself <laughs> for a half hour. I think your fans would be interested, though, don't you think? Uh, you know, I think that some people enjoyed it. I just, you have yeah. to believe in it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, you know how somebody yeah. tells a joke that you can quite clearly know that it's not their own? You have to yeah. believe in yeah. it. You have to believe in the podcast yeah. that you're doing that someone will, you know. If I had other guests, it'd be great. But just be myself. I'm not good at it. Oh, wow. Well, th- that's, I, there, there. I'll take the lead. In a whole group of people who would disagree with. Well, thank you. Respect. How about yet? Well, thank you. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, we'll talk afterwards. We'll get you a podcast. You're the, yeah, that. You're the opposite of my family <laughs> who never believed in anything. They took bets against me when I started comedy. <laughs> did they really? <laughs> yeah, true? for sure. That's how I did an open mic because yeah. I said I had moved. Uh, my parents had moved from the Cleveland area. That's where I grew up. When I graduated college, I was supposed to go do an internship in the fall. So I had this time from May until September where I was going to move. I had nothing to do. I broke up with my boyfriend that I'd been with high school and college. So um, I moved with my parents in Davenport, Iowa. I had no idea, no friends, nothing out there. So I said they had a comedy club, and I loved comedy. And I said, I'll go over there. I'll be a waitress. I can see stand-up. I'll make a little money. Maybe I'll make a couple friends. Well, uh, two weeks into it, a woman came through, and she wasn't that funny. Um, and I said, I'm as funny as her. I went home, and my brothers were like, uh, no, you're not. And I'm, they were like, bet. And okay, so for 50 <laughs> bucks, I did an open mic night and fell in love with it. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you got paid 50 bucks to do an open mic? Technically, <laughs> right? I won the bet. Well, that open real. mic turned out to be pretty good because that yeah. open mic, uh, about six months into it, um, cause I ended up staying because that open mic ended up giving me, uh, it had to be quicker than that three months into it. Cause right before I left for my internship, uh, I got hired to do a morning show wow. at a radio station. So I, I stayed and did the morning show for two and a half years and wow. 
Yeah, then went on the uh, road uh, next month, 25 years. Boo-hoo. Wow. It's ama- it, it, it goes by fast, doesn't it? Yeah, or 24 years. What would it be? July 6th of 1994. So you're... I'll uh, start you're my 25th year. Yep, yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, did you have the typical um, first-time open mic um, experience where you do pretty well that first time, and you know you get that first-time open mic high, and then the next time you go out, is kind of rough. Yeah, you know, I did um, because I was always a sarcastic kid. I was never the funny kid, but I was always the sarcastic kid. And when you grow up like like I look with the pure ethnicity with <laughs> the big nose and the big lips and the crazy hair and the humidity and, you know, in the 80s when it was all about the perfect little nose blondes, yeah. you learn how to say some funny stuff. So I always would, you know, like when people would come up to me at nightclubs and go, are your breasts real? I'd be like, don't you think I'd have had my nose fixed first? You know what I mean? (laughs) So that was like my first joke, and I didn't realize it was a joke. It was my standard go-to line. So, yeah, I mean, I did okay. Of course, there was always bombing things, but you you learn how to tell one or two jokes. You know, and it wasn't like now where you see these young alternative comics who are willing to – just eat it. If you ate it, they didn't let you back up. It was right. a very competitive because this funny bone was owned by the owner of the Cleveland Improv. And that mm-hmm. guy, his name is Mitch Kutash, owned 14 clubs, 15 clubs. So, like, you wanted to do well because there were real professional comics coming through that would stay over on the Monday night. Right. You know, and, and that's how I met everybody, I think. Yeah. You know? The, 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 when did. Um, bombing become cool like did Andy Kaufman kind of start that but even or? his bombing wasn't bombing that was right, his was shtick you know what I mean like people it's funny to me when they they talk about that kind of bombing you know that works when you're already established or not established right. it works at either end of the spectrum whether you're if you're you know a Louis CK who would go on with nothing or if you're an open micer who doesn't have to. But if you're someone like me who's just, uh, I always say I'm like the sixth man off the bench, to use a basketball analogy, yeah. you know, who works, who just is a hard worker. I'm the blue-collar worker of comedy. Uh, you know, you have to do well. You can't bomb. Right. I have to have people make sure that their their money that they paid for tickets is worth it to come back another time. So, yeah, no, we're not going to be going into exploring. I'm going to I don't care if you think it's, you know, tried or true or hacky or, you know, I don't steal anybody's stuff, but maybe my topics aren't so unique. Sure. You you got to give them what they need. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, how has how has um, and I know you probably get asked that, asked this a lot, but but how has uh, comedy changed? Not not the business of comedy, b- but I think the 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 things that you can do on stage for you personally, but also in general. How has how has comedy changed? It's the weirdest thing because I think there was a resurgence of comedy for a little bit, and it got exciting, and all these comics came out of the woodwork. Or people who think, you know, say that they're comics or they're humorous, YouTube, whatever the case may be. And now I think you're going to see the comedy things scale back because we're the word police is call. They're calling people out on every single thing. I mean, you can't use an adjective anymore because you I can't. 
you can't tell a joke about Lent because someone's grandmother choked on a Lent ball. And now, yeah. what are you saying? If someone has Lent, are they dirty? Are you saying that they're a hoarder? Yeah. What's the matter? Is that a poverty thing? Are you, you know what I mean? Like people spin it out of control in the crazy voice in their head on a joke. So only comics who are established, who have a fan base, who know them, are going to be able to make it through this. I think that's mm. that's really my conclusion to this. Yeah. Uh, um, do you know Paul Hooper? Uh, I I know the name. Yes, okay. definitely. He just um, he tweeted something <laughs> the other day where an audience member got upset uh, because he referred to to in his act he refers to a donkey as a silly little horse, and apparently somebody got upset that <laughs> that he referred to a donkey. It as a is silly amazing what yeah. people you know, or people will get mad at me because I say that I married the hot kid from the slow class, and I'm like, first of all, it's my husband. Right, right. Okay, so. <laughs> I can describe him in whatever terms I'd like to describe him in, right? Because it's my life and my experience. And he loves it because he's hand, because I say how good looking he, like, he's hot and he, he loves that. So he, and he knows that he's not, you know, that. Obviously, there are exaggerations. That's what comedy of is. The, I just tweeted this picture of I'm not a political comic, I don't talk about politics. I leave that up to all the disgruntled uh, people on Facebook. Right, right. But there are really great political comics. It's not for me, okay? Yeah. I I'm told you, I just I'm I'm the I'm the steel worker of comedy. <laughs> um, but I there was a picture of Kim Jong Un and Donald Trump shaking hands right. at the summit, and I said, "What was the summit for? The worst haircuts in the world, right? right. Silly, mm -hmm. silly." You people went crazy. You, it's for peace. Do you hate peace? You want war? What's wrong with you? You don't like Trump. You uh, Trump's an idiot. Like they, they they went crazy. And I'm like, what point were we allowed to just joke? Like they do have bad hair. Let's yeah. just stop. Stop. If the hair club for men got mad at me, they're the only people or Floby or Supercuts can get mad at this. Nobody else can get. This is obvious. They have two. And do they happen to know that in North Korea, they're only allowed 14 legal haircuts? Right, 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 exactly. I mean, for real, they're only allowed 14. So, and he has the worst, apparently, which he thinks is probably the best. So it's so funny. You know, it, it, it's you just can't have a sense of humor over anything anymore. They're going to force a lot of comics to quit <laughs> when did you start to notice kind of more of a backlash well i always saw it i honestly jerry seinfeld got in trouble recently for saying that he wouldn't play colleges anymore yeah. but i saw that even when i was like i aged out of the college system which is funny because now i'm playing some of these old folks homes in florida these big uh senior communities which is great because i can only age into them so <laughs> it's very smart business um but i noticed back then because long before it became liberal and conservatives at war their minds what i did notice about college campuses they were so open right. to ideas and things which was amazing but they lapped themselves with their like they were so open that you can't say anything you know what I mean? And yeah. to say lap themselves in Charlotte, people finally get it. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> exactly right. We, I, I knew exactly what you yeah. meant when you said that. So, uh, uh, so tell me about what you're working on. You just shot, if I'm not mistaken, a, a, a new special. I did. Right. And you did it at your old high school. Yes, I did. How was that? No, not the same building. Uh, no, not the same building right. because they closed that <laughs> high school because they got a whole bunch of nuclear plant money. 
Um, uh, but it, the same little town, I grew up in a town that is about 30 minutes outside of downtown Cleveland. Um, just regular people, regular jobs. Uh, it, it's been pretty cool because when I was in 10th grade, I said to my, my guidance counselor, I want to be an actress. And she said, you're from here. You're from Perry. No one from here has ever been on TV. She's like, if you want to be on TV, you're going to have to rob a bank. <laughs> right? Which I thought was funny. Uh, but <laughs> she was like, she was just like, you're not, there's no way that could happen. And it was so funny because it just put a stop sign in front of my dream. So I went to yeah. college to have a degree in fashion. And then I thought, all right, so when the, all this stuff was accomplished and I had my own TV show, I went back there and then I thought, I'm going to film this special here. And if I tell you what I went through to film it there, but I wanted to go back just to not only show her and, you know, this is my dream, but I wanted yeah. to, like, inspire some of the other kids. So I took a bunch of kids from high school and had them work alongside with my crew. So not only Great. did I put the whole t yeah. I'm on TV, I put the whole town on TV, and now these kids, if they want to do this, they're graduating from col or high school with an IMDb credit, yeah. you know? So Super. I did not only yeah. for me, but, you know, it's just a crazy thing. Yeah. Now, um, first of all, was that horrible guidance counselor still around? No, she was dead, which oh, I cried yeah. about, and people thought, oh, they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, that's not why I'm crying. <laughs> tell her off <laughs> um yeah i know god rest her soul i uh, just look it i get i get what she was saying there really weren't there was only me get this the only other person who had ever been on television from our school was me and the kid who sat next to me in in ninth grade study hall um and he was on tv on america's most wanted because he was a, called they called him the bbd bandit oh he would sneak in men's homes <laughs> And cut their underwear off in the summertime when they would like leave their screen doors open, and he cut their underwear off. BVDs, that's why they call them that. So thank God I got the right chair. He, we yeah. sat at the same table. Is that funny? Well, you made the right choice. Yeah. As far as you know, your who's career to path. say that? Who's <laughs> to yeah. say? I don't know. That could have been a fun one too. It still was TV. Is there money in underwear cutting? I don't know. If I don't know if there's money. I don't <laughs> I know if there's money in comedy the first couple <laughs> of years. Let's be honest. Seven thousand dollars a year the first year I oh. made. Yeah, yeah. So how was it going back home? Pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, real. I I never have stopped going back home. I stayed really close. To my we, I grew up in a like I said that like our graduating class had about 150 people. Wow. We we were together from kindergarten through. So, you know, I stayed really close with everybody. One of my best friends did my hair. Another one, you know. I mean, there's just so much. It was so cool, and that's what that's what our generation, my generation, has been forgotten because they thought we'd be dead by now, right? right? right. No one thought 48 was still going to be viable, but we're the only ones. Hollywood has forgotten, and they're seeing now, we're the only ones with disposable income right. because the millennials right. who are coming up don't have the money. They didn't work as hard because they were told everyone was a winner, so they didn't have to put their 10,000 hours in. And we're the only ones left with. So that's why Facebook is still so popular, mm -hmm. because people want to see what happened to the person in high school. Did they get old and fat or what, whatever? Yeah, so yeah. that's what what happened. So I, I'm like, all right, you want to see what happened to the captain, the cheerleaders? I'm going to stand in front of you for an hour. <laughs> Let's <Right>. do it. <laughs> I'll show you. Yeah. So we're in editing with that right now. And w where is it now? Now your last special was on Netflix. Yeah, I don't know where this one's gonna go. Okay. Um, I produced it myself because this is what happened. Uh, this I'm gonna tell you it was a labor of love. 
Oh, and by the way, when I say I'm editing, the only reason I'm editing, I wanted it to run straight as stand-up. Of course, you have to put the different cuts in. Yeah. But an Amber Alert went off twice. Oh, no. In the middle of the set and overrode everybody's phones. Right. So I can make anything funny. A guy had a heart attack and had to get carted out of my show. I've seen brawls. I've made that. You can't make an Amber Alert funny. You know you what I mean? Like, there's nothing I can do and then get you back. If I right. mock that, like, there's nothing funny. But yeah. So I had to stop down hard, cold, twice. Twice. Because, twice. you know, and I mean, not to sound selfish, but and yeah. thank God they found this, the child. The child's safe. This Amber Alert was yes, the worst thing that ever happened to you. Like. Yeah, right? <laughs> that sounds, sounds so selfish and hard, but you know no, what I mean. No, I was only I shooting one show. I, I could only, That's what uh, I was going to Yeah, I yeah. got 500 and some people to show up, but I couldn't a small town i can't get it twice <laughs> you know what i mean so i i did one show so yeah um so there's some editing that has to go to put that together and i had to produce it myself because all right so the company who did my original special um said let's do a special another one because it did well right yeah. and uh, i said great let's do it and then uh, my husband i said i want to do it in my old high school and they were like great cool idea love it my husband then had a uh, a stroke, a Bell's palsy attack. Oh, it's no. been diagnosed two different ways. So I couldn't do it when I was set up to do it. So, um, and you know, I want to have all the kids in it. By the time I was ready to do it again, the president of, or whoever's in charge of that production company was gone. Oh, no. So the new guy says, we still want to do a special with you, but we want to do it at a theater. They want to do it formulaically so they can pounce like five or six different comics in there. And I'm like, no, I've already got, I got these kids. This is a, this is bigger than comedy now. This is like <laughs> about inspiration dreams. Absolutely. This is like that episode of the Brady Bunch where they only want Greg Brady. You know what right. I mean? Like, <laughs> like right. I can't just, I can't leave them. So, I had to go and produce it myself, so. Yeah. And that, are you happy? I know I'm a, I'm a producer as well. It, it, there's a lot that goes into producing a show that people don't think about. How do you feel like it, it went? I, th I think I missed some of the things I needed to because I was the producer yeah. and the star. It's like there was hard. so it was yeah. so hard the day. I think we missed some interviews with people and things that want to. But I think we're going to be able to get it all in post. I'm very blessed. My my editor is a good friend of mine, Todd Sheridan Perry, who is a Marvel Comics editor. Like he okay. does all those movies like he got off of Black Panther and all their their recuts and some different mm -hmm. things and picked up my special wow. and is doing it now, trying to get it done before he gets into the next. I, I forgot what he's editing. Um, I, th I think it's the second uh, Black Panther. I, I can't remember what okay. he, he's editing. He's about to start another Marvel yeah. thing. So that's a good gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is nice because then he doesn't really need the little bit of money I pay him, which is great. Which is nothing but producer yeah. credits. <laughs> well, but that has value. Yeah, so well, like and you know what? It's it's fun because I can't look at myself. I'm not that person. I don't have that yeah. kind of ego that I can stare at myself. I see too many things. I know the material, so I'm watching it going, this isn't funny. But I know the... I know the impact when I say the material live right, is funny. Right. So I'm hoping, you know, well, who's to say? Who's yeah. to say? But you always watch yourself. Yeah, we're going to much more closely. I mean, what I always tell people, you know, you'll see the special 150 times. Yeah. Minimum. Your fans will see it once. Yeah. Probably. Most of them will see it once. A couple will watch it, you know, multiple times, I'm sure. But and I. It, 
it's you watch it much more differently than, than that's so true you're right and it's hard and i'm a huge um i love comedy i'm a huge comedy fan i mean and comedy has saved my life and it's stolen a lot of my life you know i can't tell you how many times i got up out of bed when i felt like not getting out of bed because you can't call in sick Right. And how many times I, I've missed out on on real life moments because I had to go to work. Right. So um, I, I I want a lot for this special. Like yeah. I feel like I I see a lot of specials that are phenomenal, and I see some that are, and Chris Rock would say not so specials, right? So I want to make sure that it's it's good. You know, yeah. it's it's it lives there forever. I, I need it to be good because my son needs to know why his mom wasn't around when he lost his first tooth. This right. was why. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when you um, record a new hour, mm-hmm. what do you do with that material then? Do you burn it and start over again? or? How, uh, how yeah. Well, it? here's the funny thing. When I uh, recorded that special, it was March 16th. Now we're looking at what's today's date, June 14th. Uh, Correct. That material now is is a hundred times better. It's I'm so mad because I wish I could get it done now. I, you have a little bit of time. You have um, I'm already starting to ease some of those jokes out. I can't just you know look again at like a Louis C.K. as a real working comic. You can't just drop it out of the special, but um, I mean that quickly out of your act. Yeah. But like if you see my Finding the Funny on Netflix, I don't do one joke from that now. So. I will slowly transition those the jokes from this new special, the Way After School special out, write new stuff, and get ready for another hour. You know what I mean? That's yeah. how it works. So this will roll. Uh, you know, I don't know when I, I'm going to try to sell this. I don't know when that's going to be. Um, but, you know, that'll this, this special that's – I don't know what I'm saying. But that material that's <laughs> on that special yeah. will roll probably for another – eight months or so sure you know but with changes yeah yeah the the uh, um so we'll be watching for the special yeah obviously please do let us know i totally will let mike or somebody from the club know what's gonna happen and by the way i don't like to give like people what they can see for free right that but that's always the hard thing because you you don't talk about like i haven't talked about my two twin uncles or my sister-in-law the whore since 2004 (laughs) But every show, someone will come up to me and go, you don't say anything about your sister-in-law. And I'm like, she's not my sister-in-law anymore. <laughs> really? That's, I told you. I, I'm not prophetic, but those, those jokes weren't prophecy, but they were true. So um, what is what is next for you, then? What do you want to do? Sell this special, okay, I okay. think. I think that's the cool thing. I'm talking about going on a big uh, theater tour with some some comics that I respect, uh, I, I love like the J- Jackie Flynn and Jimmy Schubert yeah, and, yeah. and Steve White. We just had our first uh, almost conference call because some of them didn't call in with <laughs> Rory Rose Garden. Um, so you know, just that. I'd love to. I'm actually filming a movie. I'm actually a lead. I should talk about this a little bit yes. in a movie called That's Amore. Of course, what an Italian movie. Um, <laughs> Uh, shooting in July for the first time ever. I've never been a lead in anything, and I don't even know if I'm good enough to be a lead, but we'll see. It's a low-budget one, so I'm at least low-budget lead That's awesome. level. That's yeah. great. So you're shooting that, you said, in July? Yeah, in July. Okay. In between everything else, because like a true comic, I've, I booked, I didn't believe anything was coming to fruition, 
So I booked a bunch, like I shoot five days, have two days off on those two days off. I go out on the road, come back. I did the same thing when I had my own TV show. Like you just double book yourself because, hey, money has to come in, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And then figure out which thing either you want to do more or which thing is the best for you to. Or never get cast in anything. Um, so, uh, the show's, um, here this weekend, we're recording this on Thursday, Yes. but no one will hear it until Friday. So there's two shows tonight, Friday night. So there's been a time warp. Yes. Yes. We're bending time. Uh, So, so, uh, two shows Friday night, two shows Saturday. Um, you can get tickets, of course, at the box office. We'll talk about that in the break. It is great to have you back in Charlotte. Thank you for having me. I love it here. And we, I, I, you have probably felt the warmth from AM a distance, but we are huge admirers admirers of you here on the podcast, and we appreciate you spending some time with us. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. The Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bontashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. 